Hey ladies, welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife podcast and this week I am so excited to present to you my guest Rosa Ore and she is the founder of Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy organization and the owner of Global Rose Media Company. My friend Rosa has over 25 years of experience working in the educational arena, teaching, advising, and mentoring women. Her passion for teaching women how to be great leaders and legacy makers led her to combine her teaching skills and social media knowledge to to start an online organization that inspires and educates women on leadership. Just a little bit of her background, Rosa not only has a bachelor's degree in political science, a master's in Latin American studies, she's personally presently pursuing her doctorate in adult education and human resource development, and she is also certified as a Florida Supreme Court mediator. Boy, does my friend Rosa have a lot of accomplishments, right? Well, the conversation that we are having today is really going to be focused on what it means uh, navigating biblical leadership as a strong-willed woman like Rosa is. What does biblical leadership mean? Also, uh, what we talk about leaving a legacy for our children and future generations, the effects and cause, uh, cost of divorce, and how we can really, like I said, navigate that leadership. I am so excited to have you part of this conversation. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace Field wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the grace Field wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. So the grace Field wife podcast, typically, you know, it's about improving marriages, helping women to be fueled with grace, but it's, it's a wife podcast. It's about the wife, not just Mm -hmm. the marriage, because it's about, um, almost like personal growth Mm -hmm. in the wife and, you know, just a, a really, um, an elevation in her, her growth and her thinking and her, her relationship and walk with God. Um, so that her marriage in turn then, um, is improved and, what that meant to me, what that means to me is um, if I, I think of it and I think of your messaging, which is Latinas leaving a legacy, um, is the legacy piece, right? Mm-hmm. So how, you know, when we um, have this, this, gro- this growth transformation and, and the stronger marriages, we are doing something to, 
to kind of leave that legacy for our children. Mm -hmm. And I think what you talk about is so important. So I wanted to ask you, what does uh, leaving a legacy mean for you? Leaving a legacy for me, I think is, it's crucial. Um, I think about the future generations. I think about myself and what I wish um, I would have taken the time out more to learn from my grandmother, from my mother. Um, my grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's and at 90, 95, but I never truly sat down with her and tried to gain all the knowledge and wisdom that she had. I, was, I didn't know the importance of it. Um, and she spoke four languages. My, my grandmother spoke German, um, Portuguese, Spanish, and English. And she was an a, a incredibly smart, intelligent, wise woman. But I, I didn't take the time to really learn a lot from her. Um, and they were also, that generation was also very reserved. They kept a lot of things quiet, a lot of things that, you know, they didn't share much of their life. And my mother's the same way, very quiet. She shares only bits and pieces. So I feel like I've stumbled through life. And I don't want my, my daughter or my, my sons to go through the same things I went through trying to guess life and figure out life. And especially now that I have God, like I know God and I have God in my life, I feel that that's such a treasure that I have. Um, I've got life experiences, I've got God's wisdom, and I have the word of God that I feel I don't ever want my children to go through what I went through. And every time I encounter young ladies, I feel like I want to share. I want to tell them. It's like this whole passion to tell them, you know, there's a better way of living life. There's a great way of living life. You can't, you know, you can choose to, look, to live life with God or without God. Which one do you choose? With God or without God? Either way, you got to go through life. So my thing is go through life with God and, and, you know, the, and I want to share the benefits and the blessings that I've had from being able to live life with God and with this wisdom and also teaching young ladies that, and young and women, not just young at all women who, you know, want to hear what I, what I have to share is that we're called to be leaders. We're called to be effective. We're called to be influencers. God has given us a lot of gifts and abilities and we need to use them to edify one another and build one another. So I wanna share that. I'm very passionate about that. I wanna share that with as many women and, and men, if we wanna hear about it too, of the importance of leaving a legacy so that our future generations don't have to go through what we went through and don't have to feel like they're alone or they have to reinvent the wheel when we've taken care of so much, you know, we've gone through so much and they can live really uh, effective and profitable and also, you know, prosperous lives if we would just dare to share and be open about our transparencies. The Bible talks about, what was it, Paul? He says, I, I, don't, I boast about my weaknesses because God is such a great God, you know, I boast about it. And that's how I feel like I boast about my mistakes and not boasting like I'm arrogant about it. I boast that when I'm weak, God is strong. When I failed, Jesus picked me up, you know, and God is the answer. So that's my idea of leaving a legacy. I love that because it is, um, it talks about not only leaving, you know, I think of legacy, I think of something 
financial, something concrete, you know, business or whatever. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that thought. Right. Yeah. But you, no. Right. But you touched on the other piece of leaving um, a spiritual legacy for your children, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, having, having that be something that you passed on within the family. I had an episode of, a couple of weeks back on uh, generational curses, generational traumas. And um, it's like, wow. well, what is the legacy you want, ladies, right? Do you want a legacy of generational trauma or do you want a legacy of, you know, walk with God and, you know, and um, this this close relationship, you know, do you want your children to see that within you, within your family? Um, and I think that's what was so beautiful about what you shared is that it's just kind of to shift this perspective a little bit, you know, of what the, the legacy really looks like. Um, one of the things that we talked about in a lot of our conversations, which first of all, before I go any further, I realized like we just jump right in <laughs> because I know you and I'm like, hey, but uh for the listener before Mm. i go any further like who are you talk like (laughs) let them know because i think what you do is so important and you know obviously i gave a give a quick bio intro you know in the beginning but what is your messaging who are you where you know talk to them a little bit about that quickly uh, so that they know Sure, sure. Yeah, you're right. I think we're so familiar. I love you so much. I'm like, yes, let's talk. (laughs) We always have so much to say and forgot the introduction. But yeah, so I'm, my name is Rosa Ore and I live in the Fort Lauderdale area of Florida. I'm originally from New York City. So um, I've only been here in Florida seven years and the past, I would like career, my career 25 years, I pretty much did a was in the educational arena. I first I worked for 15 years in New York City and as a school secretary in public school system, elementary schools. And then when I um, the last 10 years, um, I worked as a college advisor and uh, instructor, you know, adjunct professor. So I was teaching at, at universities, at public state universities in the state of Florida. And um, in that process, um, I always always had a heart for helping women, always starting a women's ministry, but I I didn't know how and when it was going to happen. And I eventually hit a bump in the road where um, I left the university system and I took a job uh, with a nonprofit organization. And in a matter of like, what, six weeks, I think it was, or seven weeks, I got fired. And that was very traumatic for me. That was a shocker because I have so much experience and I have my degrees. I have a master's in Latin American Caribbean studies. Um, I have you know, 25 years of experience in the educational arena administration. So for me, it was pretty traumatic. And I asked the Lord, like, what's going on? And I just really felt the Lord speak to me and saying, it's time for you to be independent. It's time for you to start the women's ministry and teaching women how everything you've learned, use your experiences and knowledge, um, everything you've learned to really empower women and teach women how to be leaders. Um, And that's when I started going on YouTube with a friend of mine and I started doing videos and we called the channel Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy because I felt that 
I don't want to go to the grave with my knowledge. I don't want to die with all the wisdom that God has given me. I, I want to leave it for the next generation and for anybody who wants to learn from it. Um, I want to empower. So the Lord um, really, uh, I thought that I was going to need like so much, I don't know, experience and all this stuff using social media and talking about leadership. And when I started doing it, I realized, oh my God, it's it's I'm equipped. God has fully equipped me. Everything that I've gone through up until now has prepared me for this point. And um, so I opened up my own social media marketing company and um, I've been working on that self-employed. God has been good and been providing through that. And I've been doing the ministry of Latina leaders leaving a legacy. And every once a week I do videos and I post everything that, you know, that I can do to help and empower a woman to be a great leader. Love. Yes, yes, love that. So I, I um, just to give some context um, with that, one of the conversations that we had that I was so powerful was um, coming from yeah, a, a Latino household, coming from a household where women are kind of taught to, sh you know, be quiet, be, you know, we can't, uh, we almost can't be leaders, right? That's just not our place. Right. With the perspective of, uh, in Christian circles, you hear so much of this. Um, and it's, okay, yes, the Bible says that the man um, or the husband is the leader of the household, and, you know, this is God's order. And and I believe that, right? It says that in the Bible, and I, and I believe that that is uh, God's plan for a reason. But I believe that because of that and because of these cultural um, norms that we've been raised with, a lot of times it causes us as women to shrink back right. and and then and not express ourselves or we don't know how to be leaders then because we don't know where's our place. Right. And so I'm finding this, um, I have a, an episode coming up where uh, talking about that same place, like the, the woman's leadership role of what does that look like in the household? What do you say to that? What does your experience or wisdom say to that, that God has shown you? What I've learned is, is, and God has really been teaching me is, um, and I'm not married, I'm single and I'm, and I'm looking forward to getting married. You know, I'm, I'm praying to God for that godly partner. But I look at the example of Deborah in the Bible. You know, Deborah was an amazing woman in, a, in the book of Judges. Was, she lived during a season and a time when women had no rights, where women were not supposed to be leaders. They were not supposed to be in charge. And yet she was a ruler. Um, she it said that she, she ruled over Israel and she was married. She was married, and um, so. And I was talking with this conversation, having this conversation with my friend, and I said, you know, when God has put a calling and within you and a gift within you, it's to edify the body of Christ. Now, if you know, at that, I don't know what exactly was happening during that season, but if if God placed her in a position to be a judge and to solve different cases and issues and conflicts that were going in the part in the you know, within Israel, um, then she had to be obedient to Christ first. Now, she was married to an, an amazing man. His name was Lapidoth. And if you study what Lapidoth means, Lapidoth means fire. He was 
flame. He was on fire. So I can't imagine a man who has the name of a fire to be quiet and be like, you know, submissive and she ruled over him and dominated him. On the contrary, I truly believe that he was the type of man that empowered her. He was the fire that that it sparked her to do and motivated her to do what God had called her to do. So this was a man who recognized his wife's giftings and, and recognized the calling on her life and supported her and, and didn't, you know, he was there by her. And I, I truly believe that as women and as, as wives, as I aspire to be a wife, that I look for that in a partner. I look for that in a partner that will not be intimidated by my strength, not be intimidated by what I have to say, but would support me, listen to me and support me. But me at the same time, respected because I see that he supports me so much, I would respect him so much that I have to listen to what he has to say when he tells me things don't go wrong. Because I, I've been, I think about also this, this perspective. I've been single for 20 years. I've been divorced. I got divorced 20 years ago. So I've had relationships, but being alone for 20 years, I've had to make a lot of decisions, everything. I have to pay the bills. I have to make every single decision in a household. I do it by myself. I raised three kids by myself. Um, anything you, when the kids are sick, who's gonna go to what school? everything, who's going to go where, who's going to drive the car, I make what we're going to eat for dinner, I make all decisions. I've, I've been the head of household. So guess what, as a woman who have a strong character, and then on top of that, I'm a president, you know, CEO of my own company. So I'm constantly leading, I'm constantly leading. So if I were to get married right now, guess what, I want a man, I want to release. <laughs> <laughs> you make decisions for some time, you know, I please make decisions, please alleviate that stress so that I can, you know, look at you and admire you and, and follow you. I'd be more than happy to follow you. I have no problem with that because if you're not intimidated by my strength, by my giftings, my calling on my, on my life, then I can walk with you. I can listen to you because you're my fire. You motivate me to be who I am. So there's, there shouldn't be an issue of submiss submitting and you oppressing me in any kind of way. You know, that's how I imagine it ideally that mm -hmm. it would be. I was going to say, um, touch on so many things that you said there. <laughs> Obviously, I knew your story and, you know, and I know mm -hmm. that you are single and, and I know that that's such an important part of your story because as we had talked about, it's the piece of uh, growing as in who you are in Christ and growing as who you are as, as a woman before, so that now, you know, when God brings you a husband, when this happens for you, you're, you're already complete. You don't need the husband to complete you and you have a, a complete biblical view of what marriage should look like. On the contrary, you said yourself, you know, that's in an, in an ideal world, right? Right. But my listener knows, like if she's listening to my show, for the most part, anybody who would be listening to my show, we're not living in an ideal world. And maybe right. we have um, where we do have some of those issues with our husband where we're trying to figure out whether husband is an unbeliever or, right. um, you know, all, all kinds of places like that. Um, 
you know, or, or maybe his idea, I've seen a lot of this too, the husband's idea of uh, leading the household is like demanding and in my way or the highway or whatever, you know, you and I have talked about that as well. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners can relate to um, some men thinking that that is their, is their, their right to live that way and it's like that's not biblical right biblical marriage biblical love is you love uh, me the way christ loved the church and then like you said that in turn creating in me such a um just a desire to be like okay babe you know and my mom says it this way it's like if your husband loved you the way that you were supposed to be loved, the way that the Bible tells him, commands him for him to love you, you would be like, yes, babe, whatever you want, babe. Like, you're just so happy to do what he, it's not an issue of submitting. It's an issue. It's at all. It's not even like you're, you're happy to do it because, because you're so happy with what he's given you. Um, But I, I did want you to, to touch on it for those reasons, the idea of, just because we're women does not mean that we need to shrink back from our calling that God gave us. You know, yes, it means that in within the our household, um, there's a man there, you know, if we're married, right, that we are going to look to. But um, those are one of the goals. Those are one of the things that you're going to want, that you're going to look to in your marriage, that what is this relationship of leadership look like within our marriage so is it you know what what kind of leader is my husband is he the leader who is my fire who's who's encouraging me who's who's you know um wanting me to move forward or or is he another type of leader and if that's the case how do we fix it how do how do we pray for him right how do we how do we do that you know because sometimes the answer is just prayer that's right Mm -hmm. yeah it is. It's tough. It's a tough situation because, yeah, you're already committed. You're already in the relationship. You're already married. And you're now discovering that this, you know, this person you've married now is a kind of, you know, controlling, authoritative or um, a little bit intimidated. You know, they're a great person, a great man, treats you like a queen, but a little bit intimidated by your strength. And, um, you know, they also have self-esteem issues. So how do you how do you navigate through all that? How do you really navigate through all that and still maintain who you are and your calling? And I would really have to say that it definitely is humility and humbling yourself before the Lord, really through prayer and knowing the word of God and knowing the type of man that you're with. Um, I think is it's really positioning yourself, knowing from the start. I think I think this is key. Knowing from the start that you are a powerful woman. And that you set the atmosphere in your home and then you can navigate that ship. He may be the captain. He may be the one with the keys and the car and, and driving the car, but you're the one with the map. You're the one with the map. You're sitting next to him. You're the one with the map and telling him go left or go right. The map says this, the GPS says this. You're telling him where to go. And I think that that's key is knowing who you are in Christ and the power that you have through prayer. You can navigate. You're the neck. He might be the head, but you're the neck. And the, the head cannot move if the neck doesn't move. So you, and, and the Bible talks in, was it First Peter 4, 7? I can't remember the scripture. It says when, that if men are not treating their wives 
correctly, their prayers are hindered. So guess what? Guess who's the one who has to be praying so that your household is being covered in prayer and heading in the right direction is you. You as a woman, you have so much power to set the atmosphere, to navigate your home, to pray your marriage through in every situation where it be good or bad. You have that power and authority. And to me, that's leading. That's leading where you don't, just because your husband's not actually behaving or listening to you or, or treating or talking to you the way he should or supporting the way he should, doesn't necessarily take away your power that you have over your marriage to make it work and doesn't take away that leadership role that you have because God is hearing you. God is giving you that, that wisdom. If you're able to see what he's not seeing, then the Holy Spirit, that means that the Holy Spirit is directly communicating with you. Guess, guess who's in that leadership role at that moment? You, because the Holy Spirit is showing you some truth that he's not able to see at that moment because of whatever situation he may be going through. So guess what? God is talking to you directly. You have direct communication with the creator and his king, his source. So that means that God is going to deal with your husband. God is going to talk to your husband. God is going to really cause him to navigate and go in the right direction. So you still have a leadership role. You still can control which way you go. And even as sometimes, you know, I, I think, and I, I remember this from marriage counseling, they told us, um, I remember my pastors in New York say, sometimes being married, is about sitting in the car and going 100 miles an hour, letting him drive, going 100 miles an hour, and you see the brick wall coming and you crash and you just have to crash with him because you're in this together for good or for bad. You're in this together. And all you can do is just pray and say, God, don't kill us. So let us die in this right. situation, you know? And, and because your prayers, you were present, you saved his life. Because you were present, you prayed the whole, your whole marriage and your whole household through. Right. So that to me is still strong. It's still strength. It's still leadership. Right. So it's not the idea, uh, ladies, that we get sometimes that we have to be a doormat, quite contrary. Um, and in fact, I like what you said, uh, the whole analogy of the brick wall, because sometimes we do. And or even like you were saying, sometimes the spirit is communicating something with you and you know you need to come into alignment with your husband on the issue, but he's not there yet. And so it gets, you know, the, the at that point, the answer is, OK, God, I feel this call. I, I, I'm hearing you in this area he's the leader here that that mira do it i i don't i you know i can't i need you to work in this area god if, if right. you want us to be able to move forward otherwise i'm stepping outside of what your role is that you have given me and you know we could tell our husbands sometimes so we're blue in the face whether or not they actually listen is another right. story and so it's like okay god then i'm you know i'm gonna surrender that control to you and trust you enough that you're going to do the work in my husband in this area. So um, I thought that was so good that you said. Yeah. And, and I, mm -hmm. I really like that you said like we're not to be doormats because we're not talking about a situation in which, you know, they're abusive or, you know, the, you know, that's not what God expects us to be. You know, I truly believe that God will protect us and we're not to stay in situations like that. 
-hmm. So definitely not about the, being a doormat in any kind of way. Right. The other thing uh, just came to me. Now, the other thing uh, that I was seeing as you were speaking is the power of our influence in the marriage. So in the Bible, um, the kings who were considered kings who had sinned greatly were kings who, uh, or, or even priests in the Bible, they married pagan wives and the influence of their wife yeah. caused them to step away from the Lord. Even Solomon fell into Solomon, this. Yes. He was the wisest king and, you know, did everything God was wanting him to do until he married pagan wives and their influence kind of shifted him from the Lord. And so ladies, my point to you with that is if, if even back then, right, if these kings and leaders, if it can happen to them where they could be shifted away from the Lord, how much more do you think it important or, or um, impactful is our influence with our husbands towards the Lord, like shifting him the opposite way? You know, how, how, if just by us showing them, you know, us showing them the love of Christ, even if they're an unbeliever or not, because, you know, I, I see that come up a lot where um, women who listen to my show, because that's one of the things that gets you in a place where your, your marriage is a little rocky. Maybe they're either the husband might be an unbeliever or they're maybe a little unequally yoked. And so I know that's the case for a lot of my listeners. And so think about that, ladies, what your the power of your influence in this area um, to turn your husband back to the face of the Lord, just turn him back into this way. And by doing that in a way where he feels like it was almost his idea, you know, it's right, like, yes. you know, we're not being his Holy Spirit. It's just, you know, we're submitting to God in this area, listening to God and we're praying and we're kind of giving up control over the things that we want. I, I want him to go to church. So I'm going to send him a sermon. Come on. And, and is yes. he going to listen to it? You know, but, but um, rather just showing him by our reaction. And I, I think that's the, the heart of the grace field life message really is showing our husbands by our reaction the love of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, right. what does that mean? Like to be fueled with grace? Well, grace is not something that we as humans really could just be giving out on our own. We need that from God because it's, it's not merited and it's not, it's not really part of our human nature. And so to be truly filled with grace is to be truly filled with his Holy spirit. So if you start uh, doing that, ladies, then you're in essence, you're leading your husband back to the Lord back to the things um, that please the Lord without saying, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. And kind of take, taking um, a step back or taking control away from yourself from certain areas where you're like, babe, you do it. You lead. You, you know, empowering them in those ways. Because I think also a lot of times what happens with strong women like us, we've talked about this too, where we'll just kind of take over. Like if I want something done and I don't see it's getting done, I'm going to get it done. You said yourself, you've been, you know, you run your household, you run your company. Well, we're not the type of woman to let, to sit idly by right. while things, you know, and watch things happen. And so I think sometimes as wives, I mean, you know, if a husband is married to a strong woman like yourself, they might fall into a place of complacency mm -hmm. where, they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead, make all the decisions. I'm good, and and then they they they're not getting the opportunity to step up, where it's like, no, babe, I want you to lead. Where you're kind of shifting some of that, like you said, where you're like, I'm tired of making all the decisions. So it's like, no, please, 
like I'm here for it. (laughs) Right. You know? Yeah. I I think that that's definitely, I've seen marriages definitely where the woman is making the decisions and you're right. He becomes complacent, you know? Um, And then when it's time for him to really step up, he just doesn't because he's used, not used to doing it. And that, that, that's true that is detrimental and I think that that you know that can happen to any couple any marriages with a strong Mm -hmm. woman you know I definitely can see that happening to me you know I'm like ready to take action and make things happen so it, it it requires for you to be intentional to be disciplined to be listening to the voice of God and to walk in in step with the Holy Spirit um I don't think that we can do marriage without God, you know, you, you can't, you really cannot, because um, the Bible talks about an, uh, a threefold cord is not easily broken. I was thinking that same verse. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you, you, what ties us together, what ties a marriage together is the Holy Spirit. It's God. That's what keeps your eyes on each other, keeps your focus on each other, keeps you going in the same direction. It keeps you all together and, and seeing what the other person don't doesn't see you know there may be things that i i don't know that you know and i i know in the past when i was married i was young but as i started getting closer to god the lord began to reveal to me what was going on in his heart mm-hmm. and i was having i was having dreams of what was going on at that time in my husband's heart and when i was married and it, it was incredible because that only happened when i got closer to god that only happened when I started spending time in the word, started reading the Bible and understanding who God was, that God began to speak to me and tell me, this is what's going on in your home. You know, open up your eyes and see what is happening and handle it. So you get direction from God, you get direction from the Holy Spirit. And, and that's so important uh, because God, nobody knows us better than God. Nobody knows us better than the Holy Spirit. When he created us, he made us. Nobody knows us better than, than God. So why not listen to him? Why mm-hmm. not? Why not let, you know? Uh-huh. The, um, yeah, as you were speaking, it's, uh, so I've been going through a series uh, with the listeners of prayer, you know, and, mm. and trying to really drive home the power of prayer for us. And you just touched on it right there with what you said with, um, by your relationship with God, then he starts to reveal to you some of the things going on with your husband. And I had mentioned this before in previous episodes or went live on it in a Facebook group. You know, we like show up in so many places. I forget where it is. I said it, but it's like, um, you wonder, God, what is this? Where do I even pray? Like, where do I even go? And, but this relationship with him and being in tune with him and his spirit is really what starts to show you um, how you should be praying and what you should be doing there. Uh, One of the other things also that was coming up for me as you were speaking is you being a strong woman leading in your households for the 20 years that you have running your own business the way you have. And I want the listener to Think about that. Think about their the leadership listener that you have in your own household. And how do you wish your husband would honor your own leadership? And then think about, are you actually doing that for him? 
for instance, so if if when the day comes that you get married, there's going to be a certain way that you would want your husband to honor your the leadership that you already have. Right. And then a big question for you is going to be, am I doing the same? Am I, you know, modeling for him the, the how I would want him to treat me? And so, because a lot of times I think we, we kind of just, you know, expect certain things or, or we behave a certain way at home, but then we think about men. If, if, uh, if I was, if this was the other way around, how would I feel? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if, if my, if every time my husband said something or did something in his leadership in our household, I put him down or I took, I took over or I dismissed his idea, or I was disrespectful or belittled him, how would that make me feel if he did it to me? Me. Right? And so it's it's just this questioning within ourselves of, are we doing these things? Are we, how, like taking a, a, some self-reflection and how are we, um, how are we behaving as leaders and how are we treating our leaders? And, and what does that look like in the house? So that's kind of as you, when I got this vision of you being like power boss, babe, that you are, um, and what that would be, what that would be like, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, and, and I think that's such a great question. And I think about that all the time. I, and I think it's about keeping yourself in check. Um, you know, being really submitted, um, humble and submissive to the Holy Spirit. Um, and being able to appreciate the gift that's been given to you. And, and this is really, it comes from a, a woman, I'm telling you, listeners, it comes from a woman who's been single for 20 years. So for me, I feel that it's going, it's going to be such a huge blessing to be married. Like I, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I welcome it. There was a point where I'm like, I'm good by myself. And I, I still am. I'm happy. Like I really feel healthy. I'm like I'm in a healthy place. I feel that the Lord has brought me to a real point where I'm like, I'm good. I don't need a man to complete me, but I, I welcome the companionship. I would love to share life and ministry and my life with a, with a, a man. So for me, it's, I, I pray that when I do get married, I never lose sight of that appreciation of welcoming that person and that gift from God in my life. So what does that mean? That means that looking at that person for the strengths, for the gifts that God has put in them and always letting them know and reminding them when they feel down, listen, I met, the reason I fell in love with you was because you're this, this, and this type of person or your strength, you listen, this is where I'm weak. I need you to look at this because this is your strength. And I think men need that. Men need that constant appreciation, that constant respect, that constant empowerment, a constant reminder. So <clears throat> I think that I would carry my role right now that I'm doing with women onto my husband, where I'm not just empowering women. I'm not leaving just that gift on the table with my ministry of Latina leaders leaving a legacy, but I'm going to carry that on to my marriage because there's nothing greater than to, you know, empower my husband. What good is it for me to empower everybody else, but to lose my husband because I'm trashing him because I, you know, I think that I'm in a place where, Hey, look at me, I'm empowering a thousand women. And, you know, who do you think you are? 
that that's 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 the wrong mentality that's erroneous I, if anything i need to carry that same mentality that same humility and and into my marriage and say listen just like i empower a thousand women i'm here to empower you mm-hmm. and remind you and appreciate you for being in my life and i think that that is how i want to be able to carry it in. and i you know and and i say this because not just hypothetically because I've experienced it, you know, I have, I've have had relationships and, you know, and I do, I have somebody I'm talking to right now and I see the difference, the respect that comes and the appreciation when you talk to one another in such a way where you're not trashing or getting angry. And even when there's disagreement or there's a conflict or, you know, we don't agree, we don't see things the same perspective. It's like, okay, we agree to disagree. And maybe we can attack this from a different perspective, but I respect your perspective because I understand that you're a smart man or smart person. You come from this background. This is your, you know, source of reference. I get it, but not mine. So there has to be extra communication. I think an extreme patience, uh, humility, and, and just being able to bring that empowerment to be able to honor a man because, I know it's not going to be easy. I know that I'm going to want to take charge and be like, oh, you're not getting it, but I just got to get to do this and I got to get this done, you know? I So there's a tendency for that, but um, it's like I said, I never want to get to that point where I lose appreciation for having that person there, for having him there, because I want to remember the 20 years that I didn't. Yes. There's two things there that were like, oh, so good. So um, one thing as you were speaking that I want to help women paint, I want to paint the picture for the listener. And then I have one like closing question for you. But as you're speaking and you're talking about uh, you empower women and in the same way we should be empowering our husbands. And I thought, you know what, ladies, think about that chick in the group that puts people down, that tears people down. And what you feel like when you're around her, that makes you, that you, you know, you feel like she's kind of toxic and makes you, turns you away from her. And then makes you be like, mm, you know what? I'm good. I don't need that, that person in my life, that woman in my life. Because we would rather be friends with the woman who's bringing other women up, who's not, uh, who's not threatened by us, who, who, you know, lets us know that we're beautiful, who, who's just supportive of us. We, we want that in our lives, right? Now, we know that in our relationships with other women, but why is it that we forget that in our marriage, that we don't want to be that ugly, you know, divisive woman in our own marriages, tearing him down, putting him down, and, and doing the opposite, not empowering him and lifting him up. And so, you know, where sometimes like I see people roll their eyes at the idea of lifting up your husband and empowering him and, and, and being, you know, a source of support for him. But so if that's ever been you listeners, I just say, think about it. Like you, you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want that divisive woman living in your house with, you know, amongst your girlfriends. So that's the woman that we want to be for our husbands in the same way that we would we would empower other women. 
we shouldn't be empowering our husbands, if anything, and doing that first, because that's home, you know, that's, that's the foundation that is the, the, what will birth our legacy that we have for those after us, for our children, for whatever. So that, um, that really stuck out to me as you were speaking it. And so I just wanted to help kind of bring that full circle for the listener, paint that picture. The last question I have for you is, is also based on something that you said, and I think it's going to, the answer is so important. For the woman listening today who she's struggling in her marriage and mm. she's done, you know, she's feeling like, I, I know I'm done. I like, it's going to be easier without him. I'm done. Understanding, or we're, in this case, we're assuming that her husband's a good man. He's, it's not like an abusive situation. They're just bumping heads. They're, they're, they're having a hard time communicating, but wife is over it. She's done coming from somebody and obviously the, the circumstances of your divorce, I know them a little bit better, but the, coming from somebody who has been now divorced for 20 years, accomplished everything that we all say we want to accomplish, right? I want to raise, you know, great children. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like you've done all the things, right? And, and you've done them alone. But with that, you've still said, man, I would, I would welcome that companionship. So to the woman who's sitting there feeling like, should I get rid of it? Or should I maybe do the work and stick with it because he's not right. Get, like what I said, assuming he's not a bad man, whatever. What do you have to say to her? Mm, while you're wow. That's pretty intense question. There. <laughs> so I said, it'll be the last question, but <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty intense question because one of the things, um, you know, Yeah, I had a really bad divorce. I had a really bad divorce. And um, my marriage was not a great marriage. Uh, Really bad divorce. But one of the things that you always think, and I think it's a huge lie of the pit of hell from the enemy is that the grass is greener on the other side. That, you know, it's so much better out there. And I can tell you ladies, that right now, in this 2020 climate that we're living in societal mentality, it is not easy to find a good man who's willing to stay the course and journey this thing called life okay it is so much easier to walk out and walk away than it is to stay there and work things out and I have walked by myself 20 years trying to find the man that will be willing to walk and do life with me they're not willing to because women have made it too easy in the world and Christian, non-Christian women have made it too easy for men to come in and out of relationships, to be with one woman one day and be with another woman the other day. So to think that you're going to leave a marriage that you're in that could possibly still survive to go think you're going to create and start something from the bottom up all over again and it's and think that that's going to work this time around Mm, i don't know i i really think you should think about that twice because all the effort and all the work that you're going to have to put into the new relationship into building that one and then get to that point where you're at now why not put it into the one that you're in now you know why not um i mean i just the grass is not greener on the other side i have been I've tried, I've given men all kinds of chances, opportunities, 
Um, I've also been approached by great men, you know, men, affluent men, that they offered me the world, but I haven't gone for it because I, I knew that I, I just didn't want to be in that situation again where I was going to be feel trapped or I was going to lose myself, lose my identity, lose who I was. It just wasn't the right person. And so what I'm saying is you may think it's better. It really is not. Um, I would, my advice would be like, listen, seek the Holy Spirit. I would say going to fasting and prayer, going to fasting and prayer and ask the Lord, should you walk away and should you not walk away? Be and for me, my, my sign has been, or my um, indicator of whether I should make this relationship and keep going, keep giving, keep, you know, working at it has been, is he, is he walking away or is he not walking away? But if he's willing to walk away then, and you give it 200%, then that's it. It's over. You know, like that's been my indicator. Um, because at the end of the day, this is the way I look at it. My, my, my idea is this. I want to be able to look God in the eyes and be able to say, and hear, hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well done. And how do, how do I know I've done well is when I've given everything 200%, not just 50%, not 75%, not 100%, but 200%. I want to know that when I walk away from a relationship, I did everything I could in my power to make it work. And if it didn't, then that that's it. It wasn't, I, I'm clean. My, I have a pure heart and clean hands before the Lord that I did everything possible, Lord, to make it work. I went through counseling. I reconciled. I apologized. I humbled myself. I prayed. I fasted. I did everything that I could in my power to make it work. And if it didn't, then it's not on me. It's that person's choice that they chose to walk away. Mm -hmm. And that's how every single relationship has been to me. And, and that's why I'm comfortable, highly comfortable to be able to say that I lost nothing in all those that walked away. Mm -hmm. I don't, I have no regrets. I don't look back and say, oh my God, you know, if I, maybe I should have stuck it out with this person or I was too abrupt or I, I wish I could have done a little bit more. No, because I know without a shadow of a doubt, I gave it 200%. And I know that when I go before the eyes of God, he will tell me well done. And he's going to bless me now with a good husband because I know that I'm willing to give it 200%. Right. You know, and going back to that, if you're, if you're, willing to go through the whole thing of starting over with a whole brand new person you know why not that same strength you're going to need that same strength to work on what you have right now mm. and and at the end of the day whatever it is the issue that you're confronting right now in this relationship that same issue you're going to have to face it with that new relationship because it's still you you haven't changed the person it's not him and a different version of you it's still you so that issue is still going to come up and you're still going to have to make a decision do i walk away again that's so powerful what you say and i and i really thank you for that i wasn't trying to trap you with the question but really because i was really interested in your answer and this is why right you know when i was in a place of my husband walking away 
And I was like, oh, I could do, you know, I'm going to be free and I could be free of this, this marriage now. And, and, and I could do all those things that you talked about. I won't have to worry about him. I just, you know, run my business, run my life, you know, raise my daughter, do what I got to do. First of all, everybody knows how difficult, or if you don't know how difficult, go talk to a single mom and, mm. and figure out how difficult it is to raise children on your own. But two, it was like, that was the epitome, what you had described earlier was like the epitome of what I thought I wanted. And, and I, and I was in this place of, do I stay or do I go? Mm. What do I do? Cause he was walking away. Mm. And so it was like, what do I do? And I, and, and going back to what your answer was, listen to the Holy spirit. So I'm not sitting here listeners in, in any way, shape or form trying to preach to you that, you know, you should, stay in a bad marriage or whatever. You're going to hear plenty of Christian um, leaders tell you all they want to tell you about what the Bible says about divorce and staying in a marriage and whatever. I will never tell you that because I don't live your life and I'm not the expert on your own life. But, but what you said about that relationship with God, that relationship with the Holy Spirit and knowing that you could, what, and whatever your decision is, that you have a clear conscience knowing that God will say well done good and faithful servant is really what the key to it is you know whether you stay or go or how hard you work on it like knowing that god my god is pleased with me because i've done what he has asked me to do and so i asked you to share um like i said just because i i, I wanted to hear your answer and I, and I thought the answer would bless the listeners because i know that there are so many people in that space of do i stay do i go you know now having heard from somebody who you know, whatever the circumstances were for your specific divorce, but the, now that you've walked through it, walked through the time of singleness and still have the desire because God created us to, to not want to be alone. And so, you know, it might be easier for easy for you ladies right now to be like, Oh, it's good. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to be good by myself, but you know, okay, give it 20, 30 years. You might not want to be alone at that point. And so, not here trying to tell anyone they should stay in any marriages, but really just to hear right. from all perspectives, just right. to really offer all perspectives. And this is what it looks like for you and, and really just sit with the Holy Spirit. So I, I hope that that answer that you gave was a blessing to somebody and that, you know, maybe it helped them uh, hear something from God that, that maybe they didn't realize that he was trying to tell them, um, whatever that may be, in whatever case, it's just this idea of we can, you know, it should be whole and complete women without our husbands. But when we're in the place of our husbands, there's like, it's just such a beautiful thing when we're whole and complete and we start and then, and we can do this with them and we can grow with them. The big thing that you said was if you, you choose to end your marriage and, you know, in your next relationship, unless you do the healing and the growth, so you and I had talked, you know, on another conversation of like, during this 20 year span of singledom, you know, of being yeah. single, you have grown a lot as a human, which now makes you ready to be married again. And it's just like, you know, that that's the key. And, but that's the part that we could actually just work on in our marriage. You know, right. I've grown so much in the past 10, 15 years with my husband, just my, myself and, and having God, what, having watched God redeem our marriage. So we don't necessarily have to be separate 
for that growth to happen. And so if God is not telling you to divorce it, he's not telling you to separate, just be sensitive to whatever his, his spirit is again. And this is all assuming that you're not in an abusive relationship, right? But just that you are just being sensitive to the Lord. So I think that was so um, beautiful. And I thank you so much for that conversation. Thank you. I'm going to ask you for the listeners, where can they find you if they are intrigued by this ministry that you have of Latinas Living a Legacy? Yes. Awesome. Um, I have an Instagram page. So it's Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy. I also have a YouTube channel. So please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy. (laughs) Facebook page, uh, Latina Leaders Legacy. I think it's the Facebook page. And um, I now have a website as well, Latina Leaders Leaving a Legacy. And so excited. Yeah, just to be able to provide um, just videos and and I'm going to start putting up resources and I'm actually creating a course on leadership for women, Um, just leadership principles, but with a biblical perspective um, added onto it, partnered up with it, and just really to empower women and just remind us what great leaders we are. Amazing. Thank you so much, uh, Rosa. I really appreciate it. Hey, love. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.